Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. The Athletic. Welcome to another episode of Toby Talks 2 with me, Toby Moody. For this episode, I'm catching up with Stuart Pringle, Managing Director of Silverstone Circuit, the home of British motor racing, host of the very first World Championship Formula One Grand Prix in 1950. There have been other circuits to host the F1 and MotoGP race in the UK, but since 2020, they have both run concurrently at Silverstone. There may well be no other circuit able to host those races in the UK, but that does not mean that any of the Silverstone team, led by Stuart, rest on their laurels, as you will hear over the next 50 minutes, and do compute some of the statistics and data involved in running a huge race circuit. I hope you enjoy hearing from someone who genuinely makes a Grand Prix happen. Thank you for, for joining us, Stuart. We're here on the home straight here at Silverstone. The Silverstone Formula One race was only, what, eight, nine days ago. Have you recovered? Uh, yes, thanks. It does take a couple of days. It's a pretty busy weekend, quite intense. It's a four-day weekend now, Formula One. Really big day on Thursday. And it starts early and it finishes late. So it's, and, and it's a very big site. So it is, um, it's, it's, it's um, quite fatiguing, but yeah, all back in one piece, thanks. But it was a sellout. I mean, you can't do any better. No, I'm very pleased with how it went. Um, when you put an event on of that scale, there are inevitably a host of challenges behind the scenes. Um, and one hopes that most of them are not visible to the majority of the public. Uh, that was the case this year. Uh, there were plenty of challenges, but actually, uh, overall, it was a very successful event. We had a record crowd the highest ever weekend attendance at a Formula One in the history of the World Championship, 480,000 people over four days. We had 160,000 people on site on race day or pretty much two Wembley stadiums. Um, and we got them all in and out safely and they had a crack cracking time. So that's a result. That's a huge stat. That must be something you uh, might have had a bit of a drink with the team about or you will do at Christmas. Yeah, we will do. Um, do you know, on Sunday, we were all, um, the celebrations were pretty muted because we were all absolutely shattered, actually. <laughs> In years gone by, we might have, uh, perhaps I'm just getting old, Toby, or we're getting old, uh, given we're the same age. Um, but um, no, it's, it's, yeah, it's a good stat. It's a good stat. It was, uh, it's, it's very satisfying to put on something of that scale. But, you know, that's, Silverstone's a big site. It suits that sort of operation. Uh, yes, you know, there are, challenges getting to this part of the world uh, in that we are not like say a stadium in London served by public transport but actually the traffic was arguably one of the best years we've had for a very very long time um, I think greatly helped by the huge number of people that came on Thursday to see our first global music artist Calvin Harris on a very big stage second biggest stage in the UK we rented and that made a big difference for uh, for the traffic over the rest of the weekend, fifty seven thousand people camped, um, and you know it is very much a festival surrounding a world class sporting event. Just give us some stats. Uh, we're we're in one of your offices here at Silverstone, and there is a three meter by three meter aerial shot of Silverstone during a British Formula One Grand Prix. There is barely a bit of grass spare that's not part of the racetrack or a helicopter pad. Just give us some stats. I mean, how big is the site? Well, it's a 550 acre site and people always think, you know, that's, that's a lot of space. It is effectively the old airfield configuration still. So, our ability to use the infield areas is, is uh, still slightly challenged where we have the space it's on the infield. When you think about 
some of the more modern circuits that have been designed in the last two or three decades, you know, the Bahrain's or the Abu Dhabi's perhaps, you've got very tight tracks that come back in on themselves. They take a smaller footprint and they've got more space around the outside. We've got an airfield perimeter road and we're quite tight around the edges actually. The pinch points are quite, quite, um, quite tight in places. We spent a lot of time and a lot of money this winter actually moving the external pay line out further on, on, on some of our edges just to create more space. We are engineering this space, uh, this site to cope with the demands of an hour and a half a year. Uh, but it's all about those peak volumes, those peak flows and dealing with them, them safely. Uh, the site can comfortably cope with 160,000 people but there are cert- there's a few minutes during Grand Prix Sunday where there are a lot of people moving in, in, in one direction or another. So we spend a huge amount of time planning to make sure that we can execute those movements safely. And do you rent other farm- farmers' fields? Do you do deals with the locals to expand further campsites or you just stay within your parameters? Uh, both of the above. And what we did more of this year was to take some previously independent and private parking operations or camping operations, we brought them within our control. Um, so even though they're privately operated, actually they sit under, uh, within our traffic management plan, within our, within our operational control. Uh, the way that we run this event is pretty sophisticated. We have uh, between 60 and 70 people in a command center that's, that is on the outside of the site, all of the blue light services, all the local authorities, uh, everybody, right down to the loo cleaners, the bin bin operators, and the, and the litter pickers, all integrated on on a um, huge communication structure, so that we can keep on top of things. We we have the ability to control the national highways network on the M1 and the M40. So, if there's a if there's an uh, if there is an accident um, out on one of the motorways, with the, any diversionary plans can in, incorporate what. Silverstone requires to ensure that this event is not adversely affected. Not to mention people like the park and ride operator, 280 double-decker buses that we had running, uh, bringing people from park and ride sites. Uh, we had 400 mega bus uh, buses from start points around the UK, so you could get on in Exeter or Cambridge or I don't know Sunderland. You know, I mean, that's quite a park and ride distance. That it's fantastic. <laughs> you just wander down to the middle of. Nottingham or you know wherever you live and you just get on the bus and it drops you outside the front gate takes you home again it's um it's well I was uh, reassured by the response I took a number of politicians and and a couple of other Formula One promoters down actually a couple of promoters that I really respect for for running fantastic races and their jaws were on the floor and they said goodness me we thought we ran a large and sophisticated operation this is this is another level and when you have i think we had two or three cabinet members uh go and visit it and they were hugely reassured that this national sporting crown jewel is um being run in a very mature manner so yeah it's a source of great pride the way that the team run things here i was on top of a grandstand on friday and i looked across uh, part of Buckinghamshire, I looked behind me to Northamptonshire and it suddenly hit me it's Glastonbury for cars isn't it you know, it, is, it is a destination weekend and it is quite something and uh, something that you should be very proud of just going back a bit, how long have you been here? I think that was my 18th Grand Prix I've worked at um, so I think, it'll be, I think it'll be 18 years at the end of this year And have you always been the managing director? No, I started running the British Racing Drivers Club. I was the club secretary of the BRDC for eight or so years. Um, And I think, uh, yes, of the nine years that I've been on the circuit side of the business, I've been MD for seven, did a couple of years as sporting director. How did you get here? What was your background? What gave you that grounding to organize 160,000 people in one place on one day? Um, well, yeah, there isn't, to the best of my knowledge, a course at university on, on, on super large events. Um, no, I was very lucky. Um, I 
uh, I've always been a fan of motor racing, fan of cars, been coming to Silverstone since I was very young. Uh, but I didn't know, nobody told me at school that motor racing existed as, a, as, a, uh, as, a, as an industry, as a career. Um, I wish they had because I might have paid more attention at school. Uh, but after a, a degree in property, real estate valuation, I elected not to become a chartered surveyor, which is slightly ironic given the amount of time I spend dealing with property matters at Silverstone now, um, and decided I would rather be a tank commander. So I went to Sandhurst, joined the British Army, spent five years in the Royal Tank Regiment, uh, which has certain parallels to what we do here, actually. Um, firing Challenger tanks, down, live ammunition downrange. Um, I ran, I was part of, part of the team that ran the live firing ranges that the British Army used to have in Canada on the prairies. Uh, it's not dissimilar to cars hurtling around circuits at, at high speeds. Um, but I decided I didn't want to make a, be a career soldier and I happened by sheer fluke to answer an ad in Motorsport magazine. I religiously took Motorsport. Uh, it, is, it remains a fantastic publication and um, I'm very pleased that it is in, uh, something as, as historic as Motorsport magazine that first, was first published in 1924, continues to, to report on our sport. But I answered an ad there and that got me uh, a foot in the door running the Vintage Sports Car Club where I think you and I first met Toby when you um, very generously dragged me into a commentary box at Shelsley Walsh some 25 years ago or something was it like really? that. 23 years ago, I've got ago, a picture perhaps. of you somewhere doing it. I need to find it, but one day. Um, but uh, I ran the Vintage Sports Car Club for five years. Absolutely loved it. Um, my passion in life are pre-war cars. That's what I have tucked in my car, in my garage, and uh, that was great. Uh, I went from there to Brands Hatch for a brief period, running motorsport events uh, at the MSV circuits, and then I came to Silverstone from the BRDC and moved across within the business to Silverstone Circuits after eight years. Well, you've got to keep calm inside a tank and you've got to keep calm on race day here. I think those are the parallels and you know it, don't you? Yeah, uh, um, it's, you know, being hot-headed and, and flapping doesn't get anybody anywhere. There are lots of um, people who deal with very stressful situations from remarkable teachers in challenging schools or nurses on high intensity wards. I consider this to be, um, th th this, is, this is fun and entertainment. Yes, of course, it's a business uh, that, that, that we run here, but I consider professions, as I've just, just listed there, to be you know, the, 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 the really important people who are dealing with the very pressured situations day in, day out. Um, we here at Silverstone pride ourselves on creating memories. I think that's the business that we're in. Your observation about this, um, the, our big events becoming more of a festival is entirely appropriate. Uh, Formula One, and uh, we'll talk about Dorna and MotoGP, I'm sure, but, uh, but Formula One is very set on becoming the biggest sports and entertainment property in the world. Uh, the first-class American owners, uh, Liberty Media, are very clear on that, and we got that message directly from Stefano Domenicali, um, again at the start of this season when they gathered all the promoters together and said, be in no doubt, we are well on our way to creating this globally recognised sports and entertainment property. We, we've got to fill the gaps in, we've got to create the weekend entertainment. Uh, I feel that we've had a head start in this country in that we have this wonderful history of... Um, uh, 50, sorry, 70, 75 years, 73 years of the Formula World Championship of, of motor racing history here, here at Silverstone. Uh, it's a lot harder if you've got to try and grow that fan base. You know, the, 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 we, we, we've legions of fans who've been coming for decades and decades and decades. So it's about how do we evolve the product? How do we keep pace with the expectations of the championship? And how do we create memories for the Instagram generation? Sometimes, or a lot of the time, the circuit is hired out. You take money from people who want to run their motorcycles, they want on their bikes. But the events that you have to pay for, it is only MotoGP and Formula One, or do you have to pay a sanctioned fee to other championships to come here with their circus? Uh, there are a couple of other sanctioned fees that, that we pay. Um, so we are, we are both a, a circuit that uh, allows people to put on their, their races, typically club races, and in that respect Silverstone is unique. Uh, you cannot go and have a knock-up with your mate 
at Wimbledon. Um, you can't go and have a five-a-side kick around at Wembley with your, with your chums. But a couple of weeks after the British Grand Prix, mm. you will be driving in the wheel tracks of Lewis Hamilton, Landon Norris and George Russell, uh, which is remarkable. Uh, today, there's a fantastic Silverstone Bike Track Day um, taking place. I'm very uh, annoyed with myself that I've not managed to lock this date out of my diary so I can sneak off and go and get a couple of hours you're, in. You're, you're stuck with me. Sorry about that. But uh, <laughs> I, I am going to do it before the end of the season. I've got a couple of, uh, couple of guests coming who are, who are keen riders and we're going to take advantage of the fantastic uh, V4 Panigales, uh, V4S Panigales that, uh, that Ducati have um, generously provided for us this season and we're going to go and, uh, and, and ride the track. But it's a, it's a combination of, of both. Some, some things it's good to be a promoter, other things you need to defray the risk and lay that off to others. What was it? Did you ever sit down with Bernie and negotiate before he left? You didn't. You didn't. That was to others or you just missed that crossover? Uh, it was... I was... I was just on the circuit side of the business, but the, the deal had already been done with, so we were on the run out of the last Bernie Eccleston deal, so no, I never dealt directly with him. And is it, is it fun or is it fair dealing with, with Liberty at the moment? It's challenging because they are an American publicly quoted business who have obligations to their shareholders and strategic objectives that they've that they set themselves. and. Uh, but they, could, they can't achieve what they want to achieve without people like us producing top quality product. I think there are a number of things that make Silverstone very special, but one of them is the quality of the execution, um, which by their own measurement, they do a fan satisfaction survey of every race post-event. Uh, post and they've done that for four years, in the fifth year of their ownership, uh, there was COVID, or in one of, the, one of the five years of their ownership there was COVID, so no public and we're in year six now. So of the four years that have taken place, Silverstone has come top of their survey, not ours, every year, and by some margin, with a very high fan satisfaction. So we've got to be doing something right. Um, it's not easy to keep to maintain that standard. And uh, we, we continue to push ourselves. That's important. I think that the history is important. Uh, Formula One has made clear, Stefano himself has made clear that history is not enough, which is why I continue to push our business push our owners, the BRDC, and push our team here to deliver more and more on the entertainment side because uh, history counts for nothing if you're not on the championship roster. And whilst Silverstone could perfectly comfortable survive, comfortably survive without a Formula One race, um, we do not want to do that because, you know, um, we are synonymous with Formula One. It's a whole industry that has grown up around the fact that we've had a Grand Prix in this country every round, uh, every year of the World Championship since 1950. The vast majority of those, some 50, uh, help me, three, two, three, four, 53, I think, um, at Silverstone. And, you know, so it's important, but we do a good job. We got all these teams, seven out of 10 teams that are here very, very nearby. That actually is, a, that's another um, benefit that we have in that, whilst it would be grossly overstating it to say this is a free hit for the teams because they get a they still work extremely long hours and uh, and, and, it, and it's a demanding demanding race because it's, it's so busy uh, many many of the team personnel from seven out of ten teams are able to go home to their own beds every night during this race and the vast majority of team personnel and Formula One personnel are at home in their own beds on Sunday night which is pretty difficult to achieve for many others. So the, the international travel, which also comes back, sorry, I'm not allowing you to get a question in, which comes back from the sustainability point of view, um, because there's no long haul aviation, therefore the sustainability statistics um, surrounding the British Grand Prix are by far and away the strongest, we, uh, because actually the championship is not creating a great deal of CO2 in the course of going to, to this round compared to others. And it's important not just for the 70, 80, 100 members of the team that are actually working on the team, but it's the other 900 members at Bricksworth, for example, or at Brackley, or part of Mercedes-AMG, so it's a big team thing for them. Uh, MotoGP came first here in 2010. What was that like? Was it, was it hugely different? Was it new beginnings? Was it all a bit, oh, it, oh, it's tyres, it's chequered flag, it's, it's racing, it, oh, it's all the same? 
oh dear, no, it's not. Was it, was it a shock like that? I guess the biggest challenge, casting my mind back, although I wasn't charged with operational uh, with an operational role on the circuit side of things then, but I certainly remember it very well. The biggest change was that we, uh, we altered the track. Uh, the circuit configuration changed to accommodate MotoGP. Uh, so prior to MotoGP, you, you came up what is now Hamilton Strait and at Abbey, or as some people bizarrely still in t- insist on calling it T1 or Turn 1. Don't get me started on quali. Where does that come? Never mind, another day. <laughs> used to turn left at Abbey and go down under the bridge, what was the, historically the Daily Express Bridge, turn right through Bridge Corner, left through Priory into, into left-handed Brooklands. Um, the FIM... International Motorcycle Federation uh, did not want to license the track going underneath the bridge. That was considered uh, unacceptably risky for MotoGP. It's a bit narrow, wasn't it? It's, it's a bit narrow. We pointed out that doesn't seem to bother people on the Isle of Man um, on Northwest 200, but that's, uh, that's no comparison. Uh, so the, what was originally called the Arrowhead, it's not a term we use now, but the, the track turn right, turn right at Abbey comes in field. Whilst I'm, a, you know, I, I love my history, so to see the comparison against historic lap records for cars altered, I mean, of course, there was no comparison because things have changed so much down at Loughfield and Woodcote and um, over, over the years. But you could always sort of track quali- uh, um, qualifying times uh, and, and draw s- some parallels. But anyway, you know, the track, track turned right. Actually, it really helps from a spectator vantage p- point. You, you get a, the, there are some fantastic viewing angles and, and more corners with uh, thoughtful placing of grandstands. You can see a lot more of the track. The drivers miss Bridge Corner. I think the riders would have loved it as well. But um, so, so to answer your question, first thing was, well, what's going on with this track configuration? Because that, um, that, that was a bit different. Um, I, went to the last, I went to the last MotoGP race at Donington in 2009 as a punter. It took me, I think I was riding a 1200 Bandit then, and it took me three hours to get out of the car park on a bike. Um, Never mind the people. I remember Tim Harvey, the touring car driver, telling me he was in a car, and it took him six hours to get out out of the car park. I mean, it was a good crowd. And um, I think that was the year that Rossi turned up dressed as um, Robin Hood. <laughs> um, no, it was a lot earlier. It was a lot earlier. Yeah, Davizioso won that race. Did yeah, 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 yeah. How can I be so far out? Uh, Valentino Rossi uh, was, uh, Robin Hood was 1997. He won a 125 race. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's all right, it doesn't matter. But it's the memories of Donington that matter. Valentino in 07 oh, was, was on a... that one as well? Then. No, 09 was on a Yamaha before he then went to Ducati. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But yeah, Donington was a... Yeah, but it's taken me a while to get out of Silverstone. But that was in the old days before the bypass, before the dual carriageway. So it worked Look, both fundamentally, ways. like I'm not knocking Donington. No, no, uh, no, it's, no, just no. A, it's just a point of reference. So yeah. I, w- I was there in the last one at Donington um, and... I'm a huge fan of Donington. I think it's a fantastic sur- circuit. Um, I think resurfaced now, it uh, you know it's it's uh, really is super. The the undulation is is spectacular. The general admission viewing is great up to a certain capacity. Once it gets really busy, it becomes it becomes tricky. Um, but uh, and I thought, having been reminded about that event and that crowd, I'd have my head head around it. You're right. You know it. it it is a different event. It's a different. It's a different fan base. It's a different crowd. Um, personally, uh, as a motorcyclist, I like m- the motorcycle fan base a lot. I find people um, very engaging. I find them. Uh, what I love about about bikers is that you've always got something in common. You can instantly break the ice with conversations about motorcycles and everybody will always chat and I find it a very welcoming uh, community utterly unjudgmental completely inclusive and uh, I still like going to MotoGP races as a punter um, to this day although I've only done one this season so far but it's um, it is a different audience they have different requirements as a circuit you need to 
be cognizant of that and you need to make sure your offering is correct for that audience. It is not a carbon copy of Formula One. It is, it is subtly different, but the, the subtlety is important to get right. And in truth, I think it probably took us a little while to get the hang of that at, here at Silverstone. I'm really excited about this year's MotoGP because I think that the totality of the offer, the, the, the whole weekend offering is, is, should really hit the spot. We've, we've made up some big commitments to music. I think we've picked the right bands. We've been slowly, slowly, slowly upping the ante with the music over the last few years. But I think the weekend festival element, back to your Glastonbury point, I think, I think we'll have, people will reflect on this year and say that, acknowledge that we've, that, that we've been quite thoughtful about it and we've moved the event forward. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I am going to go over old ground. <clears throat> what was it like with that Circuit of Wales thing? Just with a bit of perspective and quickly, how did that shake out? Or was it? Uh, it was just a pain. It was just real, it was just really unhelpful because the whole premise of the proposal was fundamentally flawed and I couldn't believe that people were so naive as to take the bait. Um, claims that the motorsport industry would relocate from its established base here in the m middle of England to, uh, to the Welsh Valleys was far-fetched. It was, it was, to me, a notion that was never going to really stand close scrutiny. It, it, the fact it received such a lot of public money with so little due diligence, I'm afraid, smacked of a bit of desperation. Um, and it just became, it just became increasingly frustrating and difficult. Um, and it wasn't in the short term, it wasn't bad business for Silverstone because um, having signed a contract with Dorna, the uh, Circuit of Wales team, whatever they're called, Circuit Heads of the Valley Development Corporation, I think couldn't couldn't actually run it anywhere else. They'd managed to fairly spectacularly fall out with Donington over who was going to meet the cost of getting a track license there. So they had to come here and and we helped them put it on. And I was pleased that we had um, that we had the race continuing here at Silverstone, but it just took a while to keel over and take its last breath. Um, I'm, I'm disappointed that the Welsh taxpayer is not going to recover the money that they sunk into it, but I you know, question the real attentiveness of those that, that, that wrote the checkout. They should have looked a bit, um, a bit more closely, in my view. What's done is done. Uh, Dorna, good to deal with? How are they around the table compared with the liberties of this world? Uh, well, look, I like both teams. Um, I really do like both teams. I think that uh, Formula One are providing us with a fantastic product and they challenge us greatly and they've made us better. Um, on a personal level, I'm 
a huge fan of the Espeleta family. Um, Carmelo is a is an inspiring leader um, and somebody that I admire in business for the for for the um, for what he's achieved and what he's built up. Um, I hugely enjoy dealing with Carlos, who I deal most closely with over the British Grand Prix, and um, my dealings with Anna are always um, hugely enjoyable. Although I have less to do with her part of the business, so. Uh, Enjoy the um, enjoy working with Dorna. Um, we have a really good working relationship with their with their team. Um, both sets of promoters are uh, both sets of championships uh, championship teams are very busy. So as a promoter, it can be challenging to get the attention that you want at the time that you need it because they've got their head in whatever race they're at. at whatever the time. race they are, wherever it is around the around the world so that's a fundamental dynamic that's always difficult to manage but uh, you know I like I, I like dealing with Dorna I feel that we have a really strong relationship I'm looking forward to the enhanced commercial element really um, finding uh, you know b building roots I think that, that very sensibly Dorna look <laughs> look quite closely at what's Formula One's up to and um, that's been my advice to them for some time. There's a playbook here that works. Let's pinch some of their ideas. Let's not be proud about this. No point in reinventing the wheel. Some of this stuff is working. It does need tailoring. The audience is different. You've got your own identity and your own character. Uh, do it your way. But there are some good ideas there. So let's, uh, let's seize upon them. So, yeah, it's, um, dealing with Dorna is, is very nearly always good. The sprint race on a Saturday has been introduced for MotoGP this year. I was hugely sceptical about it until about three laps in, and I went completely the other way. Uh, are ticket sales up on the Saturday in years past? Do you th have you cast your eye over where things are at for 2023 in Silverstone Saturdays? Uh, it's not moved the needle significantly, uh, which is interesting. I mean, our, our Saturday tickets are, are great value. It's... £55 for a ticket on Saturday, including um, including Kaiser Chiefs on Saturday night. Now, I can't remember how much I paid when I... I have seen the Kaiser Chiefs before. Uh, my children will be surprised. I hope perhaps they won't. It's probably old man's music. Um, I can't remember what I paid, but I'm guessing... But it was done like more than 55 quid. I, I'm, it's got to be 50 quid all day long, hasn't it? Uh, well, it's, a, it's 150 quid night, even if it's 55 quid for the ticket, isn't it? You know, so are we saying that, you know, five pounds, five pounds for the sprints race and, um, and, and, and MotoGP quality and everything is, 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 is good value. It looks, looks like an absolute bargain to me. So it's, I'm slightly surprised it hasn't moved the needle more. And perhaps that's where we, we might see things kick in um, later. I'm, I must go and thrash our PR function. Um, and uh, see if we can uh, get uh, get things moving locally to, to stimulate that demand. Actually, where the, where the growth is, Toby, is in the weekend ticket. Um, and, and we like that, and we like people making that aforementioned festival um, weekend. It's good for the traffic in and out. It, it reduces. We want people to come in once at the beginning of the weekend, and we want them to leave at the end of the weekend. Uh, in a measured fashion, um, thus we reduce the traffic in and out, thus we reduce the scope 3 CO2 emissions, which um, have a bearing in our consideration on, on, on every factor. We take our responsibilities to sustainability uh, very seriously. We're trying very hard to be amongst the most, if not right at the top of the world's two or three most sustainable circuits. Uh, there's a perception that because we have things that go round and round in circles, we must be pollu a polluting pariah. Of course, that is a fraction, fraction, fraction of the CO2 emissions that we as a business produce uh, every year. So we're tr working really hard to, to, to manage those. All of our electricity, 100% of our electricity is from um, genuinely uh, sustainable sources. Quite a high proportion of our daily, daily need is met by our own solar panels. We've got um, getting on for a megawatt of panels down a generation down on the wing roof, but we also buy from a company called Ecotricity that um, only pr uh, sell what they produce from, from green sources. Um, so we're, we, you know, we're proud of what we're doing there, but we've got to manage our customers coming to site because that is, that's the, the scope three emissions piece. Same as fans going to a football match 
if they're driving there or going on the bus, then it's an emission of CO2. Things will change in the future, but that's not for our, uh, our chat today. Uh, as, a, as a promoter of any event, cars, bikes, whatever you do here, even cycling, uh, is it now hard... Is it more weather-dependent? People have got a view on a Monday. Oh, the forecast is going to be wet. Oh, I won't now buy my ticket. Or is there a cut-up? How do you measure the the change from the old days when people used to open their curtains and go, do I go on the day, yes or no, before internet got invented? Uh, that is always... That's a perennial problem, particularly with motorcyclists. Um, and look, you know, mayor culpa, I'm as guilty of that as the next man. Um, you sort of take a view as a... As a, as, a, as a motorcyclist, um, the modern weather forecasting on accessible on your telephone allows you to, to make a more informed decision a few days earlier. So what used to be a very last minute spike is typically a five day pickup if the weather forecast is good. If it's lousy, then then people will hold their breath and their opening the curtains routine is still applicable. Um, and you know, that, that's, that's a challenge. Uh, it's also a challenge with the ticket pricing because what you want to do is offer a significant discount for people to make an early decision to come, come early. But when your ticket is only £35 on Friday, the amount that you can discount, uh, that is, is relatively limited. Or, you know, the discount that you can offer is not going to be sufficient for somebody to give up that, uh, that, that wet weather... Uh, flexibility and you know i understand and accept that um i do it myself and we are where we are it's the the joys of promoting outdoor events in the united kingdom toby who'd have thought paradise island stuart paradise island uh, you mentioned the wing uh, huge investments uh, it was opened in 2011 uh, it's in another county from where we are sat now on uh, on the exit of woodcote um, that was a big decision for brdc silverstone circuits um, it's all worth it? You're all happy with it? Uh, very much so. Uh, it was. It, you know, it wasn't, in the end, that large a, a decision in that it was a requirement to secure the Grand Prix contract at the time. It was all around that time that you touched on earlier when we got MotoGP because F1 was going to go to Donington, so we took MotoGP from Donington and actually then F1 fell back to us because the Donington thing resulted in vandalism of a wonderful historic circuit by a bloke who... It was always bluffing, um, crikey! For so wasn't it? Wasn't it all a bluff? It wasn't a bluff, bluff. I mean, it was just it was just like delusional or whatever. You know, Circuit of Wales was yeah. was a pipe dream. Okay. Donington certainly was. Um, anyway, the building was built. Um, I am very, very pleased that we have the wing, um, particularly now that we have a hotel opposite it, Hilton Garden in Silverstone, 197 beds. Amazing trackside rooms. I've had a conversation with um, a young lady who we have on work experience in the uh, in the business this week, and she um, so excited about her work experience and so diligent and not wanting to be late for work. She and her mum came and stayed in the hotel last night, and she said we just couldn't believe it. You know, it was worth it just coming on an empty day just to open the curtains and and see the track in front of us. Uh, what the hotel has done is it's it's given us much more year-round use of the wing, so. You and I might know it um, as the Formula One Pit and Paddock building. And as of this year, again, we're going back there with MotoGP. Um, we run the Silverstone Festival, formerly known as the Silverstone Classic out of there. And when we've had the World Endurance Championship, that too has run from there. But actually, I much prefer to think of it as the biggest conference and exhibition space between London and Birmingham. Because what it gives us is uh, flexibility to try and grow our revenues in the motor racing off-season. One of the challenges of running a 550-acre site with the significant overheads that come with, a, with, with this, uh, with, with needing to maintain a Grade 1 FIA and Grade A FIM track licence, not to mention our desire to present the circuit to our customers year-round in a manner similar to which they see it when they come to F1 or MotoGP, is that uh, the, the, the bills are high and the core business of track activity does not lend itself in this northern European climate to winter running. November, December, January, February, or one third of the year, there's no racing, there's little testing and not very many track days. Even though people could hire the day if they wish? 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the reality is, is although this season in motorsport has been stretched and stretched and stretched, it's not massive, you know, in this in in this country, and. Uh, so we, you know, our, our, our downtime in the track is in those winter months. So how do we generate revenue as a business? The answer is, we, we sweat the other assets. We got these fantastic facilities and the hotel, joined to the wing by a footbridge, a striking footbridge, um, has has really changed things. It's not the only accommodation that we have being built on site, or uh, we, we have more accommodation being built on site between Cops and Maggots Beckett's. We have turned a 13-acre grass car park that used to have sheep on it for most of the year into a really um, striking trackside uh, short-stay pro luxury property development um, called Escapade. Uh, those uh, properties are coming out of the ground now. The first show home one is is up and running and was blowing people's socks off over Formula One weekend. Well, I'm very much looking forward to taking people there over MotoGP and uh, that there will be people standing with a glass of fizz in their hand uh, from spring next year when, when, when cars are going around. So uh, that will provide us with another 184 bedrooms and actually we've got an option on another 100 rooms down at the hotel. So. I anticipate that within three years there'll be 500 bedrooms on site at Silverstone and that will make a huge difference to our ability to sell the wing. We've already got some first class uh, blue chip clients coming in, big conferences, our sweet spot is 1,000 to 1,500 people, so we're much bigger than many small venues, we're not a, we're not, we don't want to take on the NECs of this world, they're, you know, they're, they're specialists in, in, in that field, but we've got a, a really exciting location, geographically incredibly central, uh, you know, pretty much put a pin in the middle of England, which I accept is not Great Britain or the United Kingdom, but pin in the middle of England, well, we've got one third of the UK population within a two hour drive of Silverstone, thanks to the arterial roads of the M40 and the M1. Um, dual carriageway to the door, world-class brand above the door that passes the my mum test, you know, you can ask your mum what goes on at Silverstone and most mums will say, isn't that the motor racing place? So it's got good resonance and it's exciting. I never thought I'd get so excited about conferences, but <laughs> I'm really enjoying building that bit of business. I understand the business uh, more than more than the average person in the average paddock uh, been involved in promoting events on a hugely smaller scale, but it's all relative. Um, I get why you've done your 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 new development up between cops and maggots. There's been a bit of kickback from the fans. Is there something maybe long term that you build another bank or another viewing area somewhere else, or that's a is that a still a bit of a prickly subject because the fans? Oh, I used to stand there and I've been standing there since Nigel Mansell thirty years ago. It, it it's a balance, isn't it, between money and and fans? Um, it's not actually. Um, and the reason for that, Toby, is that we have already enhanced our general admission areas. Um, I'm afraid the people that were taking to social media and the like to uh, offer that piece of advice to me uh, hadn't actually checked their facts. Um, the, the, I understand that people get dedicated to a, to a piece of ground. In fact, the map that you referred to uh, on my uh, meeting room wall here, you can actually see that area pre-escapade. Yeah. And I realise this isn't great for a podcast, me pointing at a, at a plan. Um, but you can count the people there. And you tell me that that is densely packed there. It's not. It is just simply is not. And you can see the Formula One cars going round to the grid. That is absolute peak, peak year. Um, it's the warm-up lap for the British Formula One Grand Prix. Um, now, if you compare that, I'll show you the aerial photo um, you will, uh, that we've, got, we will have, we've had taken this year. Now, I haven't seen it yet, but I guarantee there'll be at least as many people in that area. Then go up to Chapel Curve. We've put a huge amount of earth in there, greatly enhanced the, the, the uh, capacity there. We put a huge amount of earth down at Brooklands into Luffield, substantially more, and, and it's, it's given uh, elevated viewing and better concert viewing on the other side. Uh, we down. I was accused of building a hotel where people's favourite piece of um, viewing was down at uh, down at Hamilton Street. We've actually increased in, increased the seated capacity uh, down on Hamilton Street by two thousand seats. 
over the, the, the seating that we had prior to the hotel being built. The capacity has gone up, not down. So, and, and look, let's be really clear on this. We, those fans who, to whom I am extremely grateful for their loyal, loyal support over many, many decades, were not keeping, were not alone in uh, keeping this business financially viable. Uh, Silverstone has a, had a very publicly um, charted decline uh, during the latter years of Bernie Eccleston's ownership of Formula One. We consistently uh, lost money at an operating profit level um, on the British Grand Prix. Our finances are a matter of, of, of clear record, um, being a limited company. Uh, we, we were struggling, struggling massively financially. Something had to change. And I'm very proud of the way that we have turned this business around. I'm very proud of the way that we have been able to enhance the fans' experience whilst actually making, putting Silverstone on a viable financial footing. F frankly, it wasn't a million miles off there being nothing to watch from their favoured general admission viewing area because there had been tumbleweed blowing down the hangar straight because we'd gone pop. Uh, so the first thing was to keep ourselves in business. Everything else fell into place after that. And actually, we have done it contrary to the um, misinformed people who are pretty vocal. We've done it in a way that has enhanced the fans. And, you know, bluntly, it is a better show at these, primary, the, the, at these bigger events. You tell me where you can go and see Kaiser Chiefs, Razor Light, and... Chas and Dave, or we've got on um, on Friday night. Uh, they're not called Chas and Dave; they're called Chase and Status. Um, I'm just not familiar with them. And <laughs> it's not Dave and Rodney, is it? Uh, it's not. It's not Dave and Rodney. Um, but you know, three evenings of entertainment on top of three days of MotoGP action, all for just over 100 quid, 110 pounds for a three-day pass, and that gets you uh, Dave Champions on Thursday as well. You know, it's. I'm. I'm proud of what we're offering the fans. It's, it's good value and the racing has always spoken for itself. Couldn't agree more about the bigger picture of business. Thank you for, for clarifying that. Um, one little bit has to give because as you say, and I'll repeat it for people in case they just missed it, uh, you, you can't run a business giving money away. Uh, you, 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 any business, it'll be cheaper and easier to all just go down the pub and have a good night. And lose money that way rather than work well, well, absolutely. night and day no, and then lose millions. We'd have been so. better off giving everybody who turned up a tenner, you know, it, or, or whatever it was. You know, there was a sum at that point in time. But it wasn't, uh, you know, forgive me for taking issue with you, Toby. It, there wasn't one piece that had to give at all. I don't think we've given anything. I think, I think we've given back. I think we've, en I think we've en enhanced. Perfect. Perfect. Um, we touched on sustainability. Um, what's the... What's the longer term view you can do with Formula One? You've got a 2030 target. Just explain the basic foundation for that sustainability target with, with Liberty. Well, Formula One wants to be a zero carbon championship by 2030, and we want to help them get there. Um, as I said, we're greatly, uh, helped by, uh, we're greatly helped by the fact that there's no long haul aviation or indeed very much short haul aviation involved uh, with Formula One. Seven out of ten teams based here. All the broadcast assets in the UK. So it's um, you know it's all pretty. Um, it's a pretty good starting point. Um, we are committed to supporting F1 in this challenge because if we do not, as a promoter, they won't have us as a championship round. You know, it's as simple as that. So uh, it's sort of non-negotiable. But actually, it's the right thing to do as a business. I want to. I want us to be viewed as a responsible business. I want us to be a leader, not a follower. And we need to play our part. I mean, we're recording this at a time where Europe is experiencing absolutely ridiculous record-breaking temperatures. And we need leadership, political, strong political leadership. And I, uh, you know, we're all going to be taxed, aren't we, as businesses, on, on this very, very shortly. And we need to get ourselves in the right place. So let's just get on with it and be committed. Just park the business for a minute, Stuart. What's been your personal best couple of days here at Silverstone as a managing director two and four wheels what's been a that was pretty cool I, I was part of that with a great team what was that was, was there a moment was it the red arrows going over and you got goosebumps what was it from oh. Stuart's heart oh I don't know Toby that's like trying to you know choose your, choose your favorite child isn't it um moments moments that stand out are 
I'll never forget Lewis Hamilton winning the 2008 Grand Prix in the wet. That was that was very good. Uh, I will never forget doing the Ron Haslam Race School on a CBR 600. When it was the first time I ever involuntarily screamed my head off uh, through sheer fear going through Abbey because they just told me just keep going up through the gears, up through the gears. And when you get to Abbey, don't touch the brakes, just bang it down one cog and, and toss it in. And I've never been so frightened in my life. That was absolutely petrifying. I still really love the VSCC meeting in April. That's still um, something that all my family come to, my children have grown to love. Um, there's a photo at home of me sitting at that meeting in 1976 in the, as a five-year-old in the, in the hot summer and, uh, and, and the fact that my kids have, have enjoyed that, that's pretty special from a sort of family point of view. So, and um, probably the biggest kick I get every single year is thanking the remarkable volunteers that we have in our marshals, our incredible race maker card of 500 volunteers working each day of the Formula One Grand Prix on customer service. And then on the Wednesday after the Grand Prix, I get a chance to thank our core team of some 200 people here and thank them for their commitment and to say I'm proud of the way that they commit and deliver this business so selflessly is, is, a, is a gross understatement. They are what I appreciate now going to uh, a fair few of other people's races around the world is that this funny little homegrown team here in Northamptonshire slash Buckinghamshire is genuinely, genuinely world class. So yeah, that's probably my, my highlight. Stuart, it's always a pleasure coming here. You know, uh, I'm, I'm devoted to this. I, I suddenly realised the other day that I've been coming to the Formula One Grand Prix here for 40 years. Um, my, I, I walked up a bank on the at Woodcut on a Saturday and I looked and there was my hero, Keke Rosberg, going past and I saw the car at Goodwood only a couple of days ago, the same very car, and I thought, oh, it's just cool. Um, I've had some great days here standing on the banks. I've had some great days here commentating. Uh, I've had some great days here in the wet. Uh, Valentino Rossi won at Silverstone. That was a big tick in the box for me when it rained that year. And did it rain like 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 Billio? But uh, it's always a pleasure. And uh, have a great matter, GP. Thank you, Toby. Thank you so much for your time, Stuart. I wish I could take that huge aerial photograph of the circuit home with me and put it on my garage wall. We spent quite some time looking at it while we were chatting away. It was indicative that there was a bike track day taking place on the full GP circuit while we were talking in between a huge run of filming days for the new F1 film with Brad Pitt that have been ongoing since the F1 race, proving the place is busy while the weather is favourable. His point about making weekends as a festival, in my eyes, is very valid. Where else can you see Razorlight, the Kaiser Chiefs, Chasen Status and get three days of GP action for £110? I'll be back there for the British GP over the weekend of August 5th and 6th. I may see some of you around the circuit. Keep in touch with us here on The Race with GP Podcast and the Toby Talk 2 series with myself. In the meantime, wherever you are around the world, we'll speak soon. The Athletic.